Blog Talk Radio. Hello out there. My name is Sam Maxwell, and welcome to the Bedford Sullivan Podcast, the podcast that keeps you, the audience, active listeners in the Brooklyn Dodgers TV series research process. And uh, I'm always very happy to welcome this man to the show. He is uh, no stranger to the program, and that is the Brooklyn Borough historian, Ron Schweiger. You know, Ron, I, I've started uh, calling you in the writings the Brooklyn City historian, because I won't accept that this isn't one. <laughs> well, uh, I'm, I'm not a city historian. Uh, I concentrate my my uh, historical knowledge on Brooklyn primarily. Right, right. But, you know, I, I like calling it the city of Brooklyn because... Uh, even in uh, consolidation, it, it still feels, and when you're looking around this place, you still see a lot of remnants, including in the grid of uh, of the city. city. Oh, absolutely. Um, actually, many of us in Brooklyn who are into history, we called the consolidation in 1898 the mistake of 98. Right, exactly, exactly. And uh, today I'd like to focus on basically the way the transit system has operated in the city and borough of Brooklyn, and uh, also kind of you know just just how that uh, that history connects it uh, to the rest of the boroughs, how how everything kind of uh, transpired to uh, connect, and, and obviously you know I look at to connect the uh, the people in the ball games uh, going from the pole grounds to the Ebbets Field. Uh, so so first uh, I'd like to ask since I'm standing. Uh, on East 18th Street, Church Avenue, uh, on a roof, and some of you might have listened to an earlier podcast where I was in a similar place. Um, I'm looking at the BQ Church Avenue station line. Now, those train tracks have obviously been there a long time, Ron. So what line was that back, let's say, when you could catch a game to Ebbets Field? Well, let's go back before Ebbets Field. The, the original tracks where you are right now uh, were uh, erected in, you ready for this, Sam? 1878. And it was a steam railroad. You ever see the old movies on TV on AMC where you have these old steam locomotives going through America with the big smokestacks and steam smoke pouring out? Those are the trains that ran through Brooklyn uh, back in the 1800s. Um, but they were not elevated. They were on what called grade level. They ran at street level. And it was called the Brooklyn, Flatbush, and Coney Island Railroad. And, in fact, in my dining room, where I'm walking in right now, on the stairway leading upstairs to where the bedrooms are, I have hanging on the wall a framed stock certificate from that particular railroad. And it's called the Brooklyn, Flatbush, and Coney Island Railway Company. And it's dated September 1881, uh, it's five shares of stock at a hundred dollars a share. That's five hundred bucks. All right, mm-hmm. and it's signed by the president of the Brooklyn Flappers and Coney Island Railway Company, and it's signed by Henry C. Murphy. His name was Henry Cruz Murphy. Cruz is C R U S E, and he was a very prominent citizen in Brooklyn. He was um, mayor of the city of Brooklyn when Brooklyn was a city. He was a state senator from Brooklyn when he lived in Bay Ridge. In fact, there is a street in Bay Ridge named after him. It's called Senator Street. He was also extremely important in raising lots and lots of money 
to help build the Brooklyn Bridge, which is a key point in the city's transportation system in its infancy. So Mr. Murphy was a very, very important person. If there's any so, way you can take a, a photo of that and uh, so we can show our viewers, that would be fantastic. Uh, well, not at, at this very point. moment. <laughs> right, of course not. Of course not. Yeah. So uh, as time evolved, and, and um, so let's, let's go to the Brooklyn Bridge. When, when that first opened, what were the trains? What, what exactly did they call uh, the line that took you between Manhattan and Brooklyn? Well, there were several trolleys that did go across the Brooklyn Bridge. And, and by the way, a lot, most people, and I, say, I mean most people, don't realize that when the Brooklyn Bridge opened, it did have trolleys and trains on it. Uh, and um, those were eliminated in the 1940s. And when they were eliminated, the roadway, the tracks were eliminated, and the roadway, which handled the horses and wagons and, 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 and cars and trucks, was widened to the way it is today once those uh, railroad and trolley tracks were eliminated. Um, and I'm looking at this trolley map that I have in front of me here, and where the Brooklyn Bridge is located, um, it shows, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, seven trolley lines going across the Brooklyn Bridge at one time, um, plus the trains that went across as well. Now, of course, the Brooklyn mm -hmm. Bridge opened in 18. 83, and, uh, it, and gradually there were seven trolley lines that did go across. So that connected the two cities, the very first transportation connection of the two cities of New York and Brooklyn, not counting ferry service across the river, of course. So that's of course, the, important, of course. the important part of the Brooklyn Bridge in connecting um, the city of Brooklyn and the city of New York. So let's jump to the uh, um, the subway system and, and its ever expansion, obviously, from the the uh, beginning of the 20th century. Um, you know, what are some of the subway lines? I know it's not it, it's the names are slightly foreign to uh, a lot of people out there who, who are used to seeing the uh, the letter subways. Well, as the population grew in the outer boroughs, because of the opening of the bridges. Well, like I mentioned a minute ago, when the Brooklyn Bridge opened in 1883, it started the population expansion in, in Brooklyn. Um, and by the way, um, a lot of people don't realize this, but when I say the city of Brooklyn in 1883, all of what we now call Kings County or Brooklyn was not the city of Brooklyn. The original city of Brooklyn was mostly um, the area of the Brooklyn Heights, downtown Brooklyn, and south and um, I say south and west of there to around oh, 50th or 55th Street, and that was the city of Brooklyn originally in 1834. And by the way, when Brooklyn received a charter from the from the state up in Albany to become a city in 1834, the city of New York, that's Manhattan, didn't want Brooklyn to become a city because it feared the economic and political rivalry. But, of course, Brooklyn became that city. And gradually, when the Brooklyn Bridge opened, um, it made easy access for lower Manhattan, which was increasingly becoming congested, for people to actually come across into Brooklyn 
with their own horses and wagons without having to rely on a ferry. And this started a population expansion. Now, there were already railroads around Brooklyn, but with all these people coming in, the owners of the railroads started to expand their railroads, and developers started to buy up the farmland. And new developments started to to, uh, develop. And with the new developments, you needed more transportation. So the train lines expanded, and, of course, trolley lines started to expand throughout Brooklyn, all because of the population explosion beginning with the Brooklyn Bridge. Twenty years later, in 1903, the Williamsburg Bridge was built, and that was built with train service. And six years later, the Manhattan Bridge opened in 1909, again with trains, because of the population explosion throughout Kings County or, or Brooklyn, um, all these people, many of them worked in New York, meaning Manhattan, and needed easy access to various parts of New York. And that started the, yeah. the trolley and the train expansions throughout Brooklyn. One of the things I love about uh, the, the, the aesthetic differences between the, uh, the bridges is the fact that, obviously, the Brooklyn Bridge... Uh, you do think of a lot about steel, but they use stone in, in its presentation, whereas then next to it you have the Manhattan Bridge, which represents a whole other element <clears throat> excuse me, of the Industrial Revolution. And, and uh, obviously steel has to do with railroads. Uh, you know, it, it, We can tie it all back together. Um, so the, the one next to me, the B, the, uh, the B and the Q, uh, was this the Brooklyn Manhattan Transit Rapid Transit? What 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 was the line? Yeah, BNT uh, was the Brooklyn Manhattan Transit, um, and it was um, well well actually if you go back to the original, um, the Brooklyn Flappers and Coney Island Railroad, it wasn't a commuter railroad like the B and the Q are today, along the, mm. the same line that the Brooklyn Flappers and Coney Island Railroad tracks were. It was an excursion railroad that took you to the biggest and most popular resort in the United States, Brighton Beach, Manhattan Beach, Sheepshead Bay, and Coney Island. The whole Atlantic shore of Brooklyn was a great attraction, um, um, especially, of course, in the warmer weather in the the summer. You had four major hotels. You had scores of smaller hotels. There were three horse racing tracks in Brooklyn. Two of them were right along the shore in Sheepshead Bay and in um, um, Brighton Beach. The third horse racing track was a little further north on Ocean Parkway. Uh, between um, it, it stretched from Ocean Parkway to McDonald Avenue and from Kings Highway down to around Avenue T or Avenue U. So you had three major horse racing tracks, four major hotels along the shore, scores of smaller ones. You had a vaudeville theater on Ocean Parkway, right near the boardwalk between uh, Brighton Beach Avenue and the boardwalk called the the New Brighton Theater. And you had restaurants. You had all of this, and the Brooklyn, Flappish, and Coney Island Railroad took you there. But there were other railroads that took you there as well. You had the Sea Beach Line, and you had the West End Line, all terminating in Coney Island, bringing people to this resort. And, of course, there were three piers where paddle wheel steamboats would dock, bringing people from Manhattan, from New Jersey, and from far away is Pennsylvania. In fact, one of those paddle wheel steamboats docking at Coney Island 
was called the Cape May. And I have a postcard showing the Cape May docking at one of these piers in Coney Island. And the Cape May ferry took people from the southern part of New Jersey and, of course, from the Philadelphia area in southeastern Pennsylvania. So Brooklyn was a big draw from people from all over and from Europe coming to visit New York, Manhattan, and, of course, the resort along the shore. And the transportation system brought you there. So the people who own those tracks, the the uh, um, the, the the incorporated uh, element of it, did they were they investing in um, the the uh, connecting it as uh, the subway as as that was getting built up, or or um, did, well, they, did was that something they sold to whoever else was developing? Well, actually. The fact that these train lines were already in place to bring people to the resort area, this bro- and, and as more people came in, into Brooklyn because of the opening of the bridges, developers started buying up the farmland close to these transportation hubs, the tracks, so that people who would buy the new homes being built by the developers would have easy access to get into New York, meaning Manhattan. In fact, you have... Right in the heart of Brooklyn, you have an area, um, in fact, right where you're located right now, within a block from where you are, is Victorian Flatbush. And these beautiful turn-of-the-century Victorian-style homes were built from, oh, let's say 1899 to about 1915. And you had the very wealthy who were buying these homes being built by developers who purchased the farmland and the property along the tracks to build these homes knowing that wealthy people would want to live in the suburbs. In fact, one of the developers, Mr. Thomas Benton Ackerson, in 1907, was the biggest of these developers and builders in the Victorian Flappish community. And he printed a 60-page booklet with stories and photographs of his building in that area. And it shows in one or two of the pictures it shows the railroad tracks right next to where he's building the homes. In fact, he lived there as well. He built a home for himself mm. at 304 Marlboro Road, right I'm near the, have to where the Beverly Road that, Station that one is. Just, yeah, no, I've I've passed them um, on the Beverly Road Station. Okay, okay, so it's a little down that way. Because, yeah, I've, yeah, I've it, been it's uh, about, uh, I've been looking it's at about the so, couple so of blocks from where you are right now. So technically, uh, in terms of the real estate name now, it sounds like it's called Prospect Park South. Am I wrong? Well, there are different names. Prospect Park South was developed by one particular developer. His name was Dean Alvord, D-E-A-N, Dean Alvord. And he bought the property from the Bergen family and from the Flappish Dutch Reformed Church, which owned a good part of that property. And the Bergen family... Well, here in Brooklyn, you have a neighborhood called Bergen Beach. There's Bergen Avenue and Bergen Street. So they were a prominent family. So Alvord developed Prospect Park South, which has mm. probably the most impressive of the Victorian homes. Um, and that area is all landmarked now. Okay, so in 1978 or 79, I believe, um, Prospect Park South was designated as a New York City Historic District. And and you are right as now well about be. a block or two from that development where, where it is right now. Just south of Prospect yes. Park South is Beverly Square East and Beverly Square West. 
and that was developed by Thomas Benton Ackerson from 1899 to um, 19, let's see, 1904. And uh, then he bought land south of there um, around Avenue H and Glenwood Road, and he bought a big piece of property from George and Elizabeth Fisk for $285,000, and he developed the community of Fisk Terrace. And now that is landmarked, and that's right by the Avenue H station, and the station itself is landmarked. And I had a hand in getting that landmark because in 2003, the MTA wanted to tear it down. And it was originally Mr. Ackerson's sales office at the turn of the century to build the Victorian homes in the Fisk Terrace community. And it had a fireplace originally. Cool. I, can't, I can't wait to take a look at this someday. You've got to see it so, restored so now. The MTA did a fantastic job, and they were going to tear it down. But uh, we got the Landmarks Commission involved, and I have a, so I have a copy, not a copy, I have the original blueprint from 1905 when it was the um, railroad station with a fireplace. I'm sorry, when it was Atkinson's real estate office to sell the homes. Then in 1908, it was, uh, he moved out to Suffolk County, and he sold the real estate office to the Brighton Beach Railroad, and they took out the fireplace and put in a cast-iron potbelly stove, which lasted until 1970. <laughs> and the MTA claimed that, well, this wooden structure is a fire hazard, so they're going to tear it down and build a modern structure. Well, of course, we protested. And then I made a copy of the original 1905 blueprint and photographs that I have when it was the real estate office in 1906. We gave it to the Landmarks Commission, and in less than a year, the station house was designated as a New York City landmark. So the MTA could not tear it down, and they spent a lot of money <laughs> to restore this absolutely magnificent uh, turn-of-the-century structure. It has the original roof and chimney from when it had a fireplace, and it has a porch with columns with rocking chairs on it. The rocking chair <laughs> so how, do we, down. how do we get <laughs> to this? What, what, what trains... What trains do we take? To this get is the Q train stop on the uh, on the Brighton line, the uh, the Q train Avenue H station. Great. It's at Avenue Great. H and okay. East Sixteenth Avenue Street. H. Avenue H and East Sixteenth Street. Yeah, yeah, and, the, and basically the heart of the uh, like you said, the the traveling out to Coney Island and right. Um, it's right in Victorian Flatbush, so, and it's right on the line that took you right to the resort area. Well, let, let's let's jump to the time when. Um, when Ebbets Field has been built. Now, now, what year did the Polo Grounds open again? The Polo Grounds? Um, mm -hmm. I'm not sure what year the Polo Grounds opened, but it certainly was okay. not a baseball well, well, field. The dimensions no, of the Polo of Grounds for baseball were ridiculous. <laughs> uh, uh, they, they, were, they were atrocious in, in certain fashions, but, you know, uh, endearing nonetheless, I guess, looking back on, on history. But let, let's say uh, it's 1914. Right. You are living in the apartments right across the street from Brooklyn or, or, or some of the, the houses that are starting to get developed, uh, and you want to go see your Dodgers, Casey Single, play the Giants in the Polo Grounds. What okay. would you do? Well, you would take the Brighton line, and you would take it, well, by 1914, you had trains across the Manhattan Bridge already. Um so you would take the Brighton line, and it would take you across the Manhattan Bridge, um, and you would probably have to transfer to another line. 
that would take you right up to where the polo grounds would be. Um, I'm not sure if the Brighton line at that time would take you directly to where the polo grounds is. I'm not sure of what train would go there. But incidentally, it looks like on the map. It looks like on the map that uh, that I found um, that is some random. Uh, I, it has a it has an icon of Evans Field on it, so I'm I'm not exactly sure what the, the date of uh, the map is. Now, why are you talking about Evans Field or the Polo like, Grounds now? No, I'm talking about how getting like if you are a a, a baseball fan, a, a Brooklyn Dodgers baseball fan in 1940, Brooklyn Superbas baseball fan, you know, it's <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> you and, and you wanted to go see them play in the Polo Grounds. How would you get there? Now it looks like. If it's a day game, now, let's say, you know, the Dodgers and the Giants still play, and you needed to get from Ebbets Field at Prospect Park, basically, you would take the Q, Q well, you wouldn't take the Q at Prospect Park. No, it, was, it, it like, didn't if, have the if, letter if, designations. If at, right now, right now, you could catch the B all the way to 155th and 8th. Now, right. this day, this day, on this old subway map, it looks like you would have had to transfer to, uh, I'm not exactly sure what, on the the east side, but uh, um, I I, want to throw out IRT, but but I know that I'd probably just be, uh, you know, I I obviously haven't done my research. But you, I think you have a better idea. Well, I'm pretty sure that once you left Brooklyn and got into Manhattan, you probably would have to transfer to another train line to take you up to the polar grounds. Uh, I don't have an old map in front of me here. but I would imagine you would have to, to, to switch over. And incidentally, um, when Yankee Stadium opened, I believe in 1923, Yankee Stadium and the Polo Grounds were directly across from each other, right across the Harlem River. And I have an aerial photograph um, mm-hmm. that shows uh, Polo Grounds and Yankee Stadium in the photograph, and um, and the Harlem River is between the two of them. So you can... Assuming there was a bridge across at that location, you can go from one to the other across this bridge. And it's ironic that yeah. you're making you're making this call today on the podcast because yesterday, April ninth, was the anniversary of the first game played at Ebbets Field in nineteen thirteen. That is correct. I'm glad you mentioned that. Yeah, April ninth, nineteen thirteen, was the first Ebbets Field game. Uh, really, it was the second game because four days prior, on April fifth. There was an exhibition game, but the first professional uh, game that counted was on April the ninth, nineteen thirteen, at Ebbets Field. And and uh, on April fifth, they beat the Yankees three to two in the bottom of the ninth, if I, if I remember correctly. And on this day, uh, yesterday, excuse me, they lost one to nothing to the Phillies, which yes. is uh, never something you you want to say. Well, <laughs> <laughs> as they say, that's history. <laughs> Well, well, uh, to digress a bit, you know, um, and just because I'm also uh, juiced for the Mets season, um, yeah, kind of looking back on when the uh, the Mets lost one to nothing uh, to Pedro Martinez uh, right. to, to uh, eliminate the Mets in 2009, and hopefully we are far uh, from those dark ages where our former ace is striking us out for the the opposing team, um, yeah. but. Uh, you know, we we only have a few minutes left, Ryan. Um, and so I I, I want to actually ask about the G line, or at least the train track 
before the Crosstown Brooklyn Queens line. So okay. you know when going going back to how, how, you know how far uh, do, do those tracks date, and how far do they date as a um, as the subway? Um, honestly, I don't know when the G line started. Um, you would probably have to speak to someone who um, is really into the, the subway system. Um, uh, but the G-Line is an important line because it does help certain people in certain parts of Brooklyn where there's limited um, uh, subway service to the, to the areas that the G does connect to. Um, um, uh, and by the way, just going back a second before I forget, mm-hmm. this year, 2015, is the... Um, 65th anniversary of the Brooklyn Dodgers beating the Yankees in the World Series in 1955. So this year is the 65th anniversary. And the Brooklyn Cyclones, which is the Mets farm team that plays in Coney Island on the, on the side of the old Steeplechase Park, on August 27th, this coming summer, the Brooklyn Cyclones will have a special commemoration day to celebrate the Dodgers, the Brooklyn Dodgers, winning the 1955 World Series, their only World Series championship when they were in Brooklyn. So any listeners who are uh, listening to us yeah, right now... Yeah, spoiled with 1959 and, and so on. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, anybody's listening there, if you've never been to the Cyclones game, it's, and speaking of Coney Island, it's an absolutely fantastic time. Uh, not only... You know, if if you are uh, a Mets fan, it's nice to see some of these young kids, especially some kids that they're sometimes just out of college. Um, Unfortunately, and this year on opening day for the Cyclones is um, Saturday, June 20th. And um, uh, this will be the first opening day since they started in 2001 that I cannot be there. I have to be at a oh, wedding man. in New Jersey. <laughs> Well, at least, no, at least it's, I'll, I'll you know, for a good, a, a, a nice occasion. Um, well, Ron, I really appreciate you coming. I know it's uh, it's been a long time since you've been on, and uh, we're going to continue this conversation. Uh, and uh, as always, it's 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 just absolutely fantastic picking your brain about uh, all the the intricacies and little uh, nooks and crannies of uh, this history of the city and borough of Brooklyn. Thank you, Ron. Well, my pleasure. And just one last thing. The last two trolley lines to run in Brooklyn were eliminated in 1956, the Church Avenue and the McDonald Avenue trolleys, the last two. You know, I I actually do have a a quick follow-up before we do finish. Was there a way to connect uh, uh, to transfer from the trolley lines to the subways, were, were they, uh, did they hand over a transfer, or was that a no, complete No, no, I, I don't believe you were able to transfer from one to the other, not back in those days. You had a, it was a separate fare. Okay. All right, well, thank you very much, Ron. You're welcome, Sam. Take oh, care oh, oh, and, and uh, good yeah. Passover. Yeah, it's, it's, we're coming up to, uh, to the, the tail end of all of that. Good pa- you know, happy Passover to you. Well, thank you. And I took matzah and, ch- and uh, chopped liver sandwiches to Ebbets Field. <laughs> delicious delicious absolutely <laughs> thanks ron and, and thank you all bye. for listening have a great weekend and uh, go catch your baseball game take care bye now